This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. We're just about finished uh, wrapping up the apostles. We've got three left. Today we're going to be covering a little bit about Judas Iscariot, not the other Judas. So far we've gone over Simon, whose surname was Bar-Jonah, or Peter, or Kephas. Kephas was his name that Christ gave him. And he is uh, was crucified upside down. He was a fisherman. He was one of the few disciples that were married. Then I went over Andrew, and uh, they had he was uh, Peter's brother. They were both from Bethsaida. They were both fishermen. Their ministries, both both of their ministries were in Palestine, Asia, Scythia, and Greece. He was also crucified, and, uh, but he was not crucified upside down. I'm covering these briefly to go back over where how they lived and where they where they died. They were brothers. They were fishermen. They were they they were owners of their own boat. James and John. Their father Zebedee owned the fishing business in there in Galilee, and they, he he did not actually fish himself, but he owned the business. And James and John owned a boat of, that Zebedee owned, and Jay and Peter and Andrew owned their own boat. And they both, all four of these these future apostles coming up from thirteen years old and uh, up, were fishermen and partners in business together those four. And so they were really close going up, but not only were they close, but they knew Jesus very well coming up as a kid. They did not recognize him as the Messiah at that time, but they studied law for 13 years. They, and then after they quit the synagogue, they continued studying law and prophecies their entire life, all the way up until you know, Jesus came on the scene. And so they knew what to expect of the Messiah coming. They knew he was coming. They knew. And so when John the Baptist came on and was the forerunner, they were they were disciples of John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist, they were all following. And when, then when Jesus came on the scene and identified himself as the Savior, John the Baptist says, behold, there's the Lamb of God. So instantly these apostles knew who he was and when he was identified as the Messiah, they just immediately gravitated to him and uh, and accepted him as such. Okay, we've covered Simon, who was mutilated. We covered we haven't covered Jude yet. He'll be next week. Today we're covering Judas Iscariot, who was uh, hung himself suicide. And uh, we'll cover a little bit about Matthias today. And uh, Matthias was stoned, and he was chopped to pieces with a. Uh, with a battle axe. We'll cover his life today. We're going to cover Judas Iscariot and Matthias today. And when uh, Jude will be next week. Matthew, which was Levi, of course, the tax collector. And uh, he was also uh, caught on fire, stoned, and, uh, and beheaded with a battle axe. 
James the Less was crucified by stoning. James the Great, which was John's brother, son of Zebedee, was decapitated. John died of a natural death on Patmos. We haven't covered John yet, and we'll cover a little bit of him. So actually, there's four left. Philip was crucified. Nathaniel was filleted alive and then crucified after he was dead. So those are the 12. We, 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 I just wanted to cover those real briefly. And uh, out of my favorite, the ones I've, I've really enjoyed teaching the most was uh, Matthew, actually, the tax collector. Uh, that was a real intense lesson for me because, you know, and I'm, I'll get into Judas here in a minute. The main reason I gravitated to him uh, so much in studying him, even though so little was written about him, just his occupation told his whole life. When he was 13, he studied law and he knew the new, new, new jewelry. He knew the law and he knew it. And he studied clean on up after 13, but he chose for money to become a tax collector, a publican. When he did that, his family disowned him, the entire Jewish, all the Jews disowned him. He was just kicked to the curb. There's two occupations that the Jews just could not stand. One is a tanner because they were constantly messing with dead animals. And when they would tan hides, they would have to constantly be going back to the priest and, and sacrificing and get cleansed because they couldn't had a certain procedure they had to do to get clean to come into the synagogue and be around the other Jews because once they touched a dead animal, they were classified as unclean. But the Jews understood that they needed that occupation and they did not uh, kick him to the curb. But when Matthew decided to become a publican, he was totally disowned by everybody in his family, everybody in the Jews. The entire nation of Israel just totally rejected him because he betrayed the Jews. They hated publicans. They hated them. And that was the worst of the worst occupation the Jews could, could be associated with. And I'm not going to get too much in, into why that is. But um, they, were, they were robbers. They were thieves. They were constantly charging more or less just to make their money. And... And after Matthew, when he when he first came on the scene, this was uh, when 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 Jesus first came on the scene, he performed the miracle. And he heard about Jesus, and he said, "You know what? I can get back in the family, even though everybody else had kicked me out. I can come back." And so when when Jesus called Matthew, Matthew already knew the law. Matthew heard of Jesus just like the rest of them. Matthew knew about Christ. But he had already been kicked out and could not uh, have any fellowship with him. When Jesus came by and, and called him from the table, it says he immediately left the table and came. And uh, that's the same way Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And uh, so he, he found forgiveness that same way. He had been kicked out. But I'm not going to cover a whole lot about them. When I studied Matthew's life, it just it just comes right down to home for me. It doesn't matter what people do, where they've been, what they've done, what people think about you, what people think about what you have done. When you reach a point in your life where your heart is open and it's a oh God, is there a way? Is there something you can do to forgive me or something that you can do to make this right? Is there something that it doesn't matter if you forgive me, if you forgive me, if you forgive me, there's room at the cross. There's always room at the cross. 
And when you can bring it there and put that behind you with a clean heart, Jesus accepts us with open arms no matter what happens. And this is where Matthew found him. This is where Zacchaeus found him. And I mean, I had about a, a, a seven pages of notes just on that one life and what he had actually done in Matthew in his life. And just, just that's a great, great study on forgiveness. Uh, but here we go. We're going to be on Judas Iscariot today. And uh, his life, we'll get into some scripture in a minute, but there's a whole lot of people that we can look at Judas, Judas Iscariot and see there's a whole lot of people that's going to bust hell wide open that think they're saved. They really do think that they're okay. And Judas Iscariot, his life is one that exemplifies how easy it is to have the head knowledge and the heart knowledge. Because uh, belief in the crucifixion and the resurrection and believing Jesus is, is not accepting him into your heart and to your life. Judas shows how this is possible to be near Christ and associate with him and closely even perform miracles, even cast out devils, but have a hardened heart. Judas was the only apostle outside of Matthias who was not, Matthias was not called specifically by Jesus. All the other 12 were. Judas was the only one who was not from Galilee area. Judas, Judas Iscariot was from Judea. And so right off the bat, he may have felt like all of these are in a clique. He didn't show it. He was lived a hypocrite, and we'll cover that here in a minute. But all of the others were a close band, and he, when, when, when Jesus called him, he was from another town, from another area. So inside of his heart, he felt reserved, like, do I really fit in? Do I not fit in? Do I? Because he was, he, he was not a part of that, the, that band that was from Galilee. And so he, he had a wall built up right from the beginning, but he hid it very well. And, uh, so when, when Jesus called him, Jude, Judas Iscariot was brought up in law. He knew the law. He knew the, the expected prophecy, but he was one of the 12 apostles that were looking for someone to come on the scene and restore Israel back. And so when Jesus came on and he, Judas had followed and saw the miracles he did and saw the power that Christ had and saw he saw the Savior, he said, man, this is the one. He bought the ranch. He didn't accept it. Judas Iscariot was a zealot. That means... All or nothing, he was, he was for, he was for, he was for taking over, taking charge, doing, doing away with these Romans. He was for just, just taking complete control and just going to battle and going to war. And he thought Jesus was the one that was going to lead him there because he had power and the miracles. And so Judas accepted that, that apostleship because he wanted a front row seat of the, of the charge. He wanted to be, be, he wanted the power. He wanted the fame. He wanted the money. He wanted the riches. He wanted to, he wanted to get close to Jesus as he could, not to accept him as a savior, but he wanted part of the, of the takeover. He wanted to be known in history as, as, I led the charge with this man, and this is all, you know, he fame. And, and, and so Judas had a hardened heart, although he ran elbow to elbow with the Savior. His name is from a form of what is from, of called Judah, 
which means Jehovah leads. As his parents named him, a name Ju Judas means Judah, and it means the meaning of his name is Jehovah leads. God leads. And so his parents had high hopes from him right from the beginning of his birth that he was going to do something great for God. And uh, this means when he was born, his parents had great hopes for him, okay? His surname is Iscariot. It signifies the region he came from, and it derived from a, from a Hebrew term from I-S-H, Ish, which means man, and the name of a town called Karath, which is... Karioth, and not Iscariot, but Karioth, and that's where the Iscariot came from. And I found that in the Old Testament. I don't have time to actually go there from to that. But Iscariot is actually a surname. He was called Man from Karioth, Judas Iscariot. And uh, his father's last name was not Iscariot. The south of Judah, he was born in south of Judah, and the only apostle did not come from Galilee other than Paul, who came from Tarsus. But Paul's apostleship came much later. Most And Matthias, who Matthias was not directly called as the original 12. We're talking about the original 12. There were friends and working companions, all of the others, all of the others. Even Matthew coming up, up until he decided to go into tax collecting, all of them were companions and worked together in some form or another. Jude was a farmer, and uh, other than... Uh, other than that, they all came from the same local area. Even Jesus himself came from Galilee and part of it. And uh, But Judas was an outsider, but he was brought in. He was a solitary figure who entered in the midst from afar. Nothing shows that he was looked down on by excluded by the others. Nothing in Scripture showed that or history. But the rest of the group, he, to, the rest, to the rest of them, he had to feel inferior to some degree. The Galilean disciples were unfamiliarity with Judas would have aided and abetted him in his deception. What I meant by that was, was because the rest of the apostles did not know him, did not know where he grew up, much about his life, much about his family, much about his, his, uh, his early adulthood. They didn't really know him. So he was easy, easy to deceive. Like if me and you, raised up in the same area and we played football together we went to school together and you know we cussed together and he had been tying a tree and smoked a cigarette together and we did all this stuff together you'd know the good and the bad about me and and so it would be real hard for me to fool you if we were real good buddies coming up i mean you i mean if we really knew each other and so judas from an outside the other apostles could not pay, they didn't really know him so he, Judas could put on a front real easy with him because he, 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 nobody knew it. And uh, when he was called the apostleship, because Jesus called him, now Judas had a free will. He was not predestined to this. Judas did not, uh, was not born to, for, and Jesus says, okay, I'm going to let this guy enter this wound right here because he's the one. Although God knew he would be the one Judas still made his choices. Judas chose as a young boy coming up to be a zealot, to be a charger, to be, to, he, he, his mind focus was, was, was all law and he was going to be part of the charge. Okay, let's go to John chapter 12 real quick and we'll cover a little bit of this 
this part. I think I got it right here. And that made it easy for him to be a hypocrite by being from a different town. Let me, John chapter 12, we'll get into some verses here. Not many on this part. Okay, verse 6. Okay, let's go to chapter 12 and verse 1. We're talking about how easy he was. It was able to, to be a hypocrite around his buddies and they could not recognize him. John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead and from, from whom he had raised from the dead, they had made a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now, Lazarus was already raised from the dead. So Judas knew that the power that Jesus had. I mean, there's not, nobody else could sit there and walk up to a grave and call somebody out of it and then sit down and have dinner with them. That was, that's just, so, so, so Judas was saying, this is the one. He, I'm sticking with him. Not as, oh, my Savior and my God, but yeah, we're going to get him now. Okay, verse 3. Then Martha took a pound of ointment, spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor. Then said one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was this not ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And he said this not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. See, how well, he, how well, how could these 12 men not know he was a thief? Because no, he was counting the money. He was keeping the money back. You know, when Andrew went to, to, to go to buy fish for the, uh, he said, Lord, we don't have enough money to buy fish for all these people you want to feed. All we got is this boy with these five loaves. Judas had the bag. See, he knew how much money he had. Then he said, this was not because he, verse 6, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put in. And Jesus said, let her know, uh, the day of my burying that she kept this. I just want to cover those verses about that to show you how well he was, he walked as a hypocrite amongst all these people, stealing, stealing from the funds. He was a thief. And, uh, that goes to show you right there that his heart was not to follow the Savior. His heart was for revolt, personal gain, greed. Okay. We're going to go to John chapter 6 now. John, uh, Judas' father was named Simon. He was otherwise known to us, and it was a, com it was a common name. He was clearly disguised as no one suspected or distrusted him. And Jesus knew from his heart from the beginning. John 6, 64. I think I got that right. If I miss one, I'm, I'm going to have to back up to it. No, John 6, yeah, 64 and then 64. There are some of you that believe not. Okay, let's Let's back up some. Verse 60 of chapter 6. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, saying this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And uh, talking about his body being sacrificed and his, and his blood being sacrificed. 
And he is the, and if you eat of his flesh, you know it, you're going to live. You know, Jesus had begun to explain to them how his body was going to be broken and, and they couldn't comprehend that, that part at that point. And so verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself, his disciples had murmured at it, he said to them, does this offend you? What if you shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh that profiteth nothing. The words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. And here he, he's calling out Judas, but not by name. There are some of you that believe not. He's talking specifically about Judas Iscariot right there. He said, you know, you're with me, but you don't believe. It's your, you just don't, you just, it's not in your heart. It's in your head. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that would believe them not and who should betray him. So he knew right from the beginning that Jesus was going to betray him, but he called him because that was, that was, uh, uh, it had to be. And, uh, if you, if, if when we get further in the study when, of, of Matthias, when Judas hung himself and they cast lots, Matthias was the apostle that replaced Judas. It's really ironic looking back how Matthias came from the same town that, that, uh, Judas did in Judea. He was an outsider. And I think that uh, the Lord let the lot fall on this man so people couldn't say, okay, that is the only reason Judas did that because Matthias came from the same town. But we'll cover that here in a little bit. I know I'm talking fast, but I'm just trying to get a lot in in a short period of time. Okay, so that was us all. Okay. We'll keep going with that. For many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the eternal life, and we believe and assure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. That was just like at the Lord's Supper. One of you is going to betray me. They didn't know what he was talking about. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay, all Judas's actual call is not recorded in the scripture. He followed, did follow willingly, though we do know that. Jesus did call him and he followed willingly. Not, let's just say, I'm going to say this probably ten more times, not because he wanted to follow Jesus. He had messianic hope. What that means is he says, this is the man that's going to bring his restore Israel back to his right kingdom. So when the chips fall and when the battle's over, I'm going to be right with him because I want the power. I want to be right up front. And he said, when he heard of Jesus, he became convinced that he was the, this was the one that was going to lead the revolt. That Jesus was going to lead this revolt and he was going to be right there with him the entire way. Judas had convinced himself that. So Judas was a complete zealot. He hung close for hoping, for hoping for the Roman rule takeover. Okay, John 6, okay, we had done that already. Okay. He gave his life to follow Jesus, but not his heart. With the miracle powers Jesus had, Judas became convinced that this was the one to restore Israel to his kingdom. He was not attracted to Jesus on a spiritual level at all. He followed out of the desire for selfish gain, worldly ambition, avarice, and greed. 
he sensed and saw the power through his closeness and thought that he would grant him a position of wealth, power, and prestige when it was all over. When the battle was over, he thought that because Judas did follow and was one of the followers, he was going to get, he's going to be marked among them. Okay. Matthew chapter 27. We're going to flip over here to some, some of the negative stuff of uh, Judas. Once Judas Iscariot realized that Jesus was preaching love, that Jesus was preaching forgiveness, that Jesus was preaching, you know, you know, a whole different thing what Judas was hoping for. He got angry. He got mad. He got, and he didn't show it, but in his heart, he was just so disappointed. And he said, he's not our leader. They're going to take him out. They're going to take him down. He, he's talking about dying. He's talking, how's that going to, how's that going to give me what, what I want? So he goes and he says, all right, I'm going to have to set him up. If he's going to get, if he's going to go down, let's take him out early. So he goes to betray him. Matthew 27, verse 5. I hope I've got them written down right by what I'm talking about. Okay, when Judas actually, he went in and betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Let me see, 27. I know I'm going to bounce around a few of these scriptures. Uh, my pages are stuck. Oh, hang on just a second. Matthew 27. All right, let's cover this story. Okay, verse 27, verse 1. When morning was come, all the chief priests and elders, this was right before they actually crucified him, the elders and of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. When they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned. Okay, right before that. See, when Judas came in and he got the 30 pieces of silver to betray him, he betrayed him. Okay, after he did that, he realized what he had done. It was wrong. He realized now that once Jesus was taken out, he was going to be a condemned man. All the other apostles were going to do, knew what he had done. The entire nation of, of, of followers, all the disciples knew. He knew he was going to be a condemned man and somebody was going to go get his neck. So he became very remorseful. So he goes back into the Sanhedrin. Remember, we've got an upper Sanhedrin and a lower Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin the upper Sanhedrin is like the Supreme Court here in this country. The lower Sanhedrin, you got a Sanhedrin in every single town, a group of uh, people which are called Sanhedrin. But the upper Sanhedrin is the, the big dogs that handle all the major trials. Okay, so he came before them. Okay, and when he had, verse 3, and when Judas had betrayed, which had betrayed him saw that he was condemned, that he knows himself, that somebody's going to get me one way or the other. I don't know what I've done. He repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. He said, look, I don't want your money. 
He wasn't repenting to Jesus and saying, oh God, I'm so sorry what I've done. No, he was trying to trying to finagle his way back in to figure out some kind of way he's going to get out of this mess because they're coming after him, the people, saying, I have sinned and I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the 30 pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Okay, he, he realized, okay, they're going to get me one way or the other. He said, I'm a condemned man now. Take your money. It's not going to do me any good. And you know what they did with his money? You know what he did with that 30 pieces of silver? The chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because this is the price of blood. He said, we can't use this in, our, in, the, in the temple. We can't says that man, a man's head, a man's blood. This has been paid, a murder. This is murder money. And they took counsel and bought the potter's field to bury strangers in. So it's not only Judas that was going to be buried there. It's strangers. Anybody that's not down in the, in the, in the, that, in part of them. Wherefore, that field is called to this day a field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took thirty pieces of silver and the price of him, the value of it. And when they had valued the children, valued of Israel, let me read it. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value and gave them for a potter's field as the Lord appointed me. They bought the field of the, the field of blood. Now he was, uh, okay. So when that happened, okay, that was, uh, that was the end of Judas Iscariot. He, Judas was not a martyr. Judas and Judas hung himself, and so that was the end of life of Judas Iscariot, which brings us on to where we're going to get to with Matthias. I've got just a few minutes here with this. Okay, Acts chapter 1. Okay, I'm not going to cover a whole lot more of Judas, but that's the life of Judas's life, why he was a follower, why he was an apostle. He wanted to be right on the right hand of the revolt. He wanted when Jesus threw out the Romans and took back over. He wanted to be one that was right there with them. Okay, Acts chapter 1. Let me find. Okay, we're going to go to verse 21. Okay, let's back up some. Okay. Jesus had just ascended. All the apostles are meeting. And when they were, verse 13, and uh, or verse 12, this is right after the ascension. And Jesus told them, y'all wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit and y'all y'all just wait and tarry. I'm going to send him. They returned to Jerusalem from Mount, Olive, Mount of Olives, where, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming, they went into an upper room where abode Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot. This is not Judas Iscariot's father. John, this is Simon these Elliot. Okay. And Judas, the brother of James. Judas, not Judas Iscariot. This is Jude, not Judas Iscariot. These all continued to record in one, in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. 
In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples said, the number of the names together were 120, men, women, men and brethren. The scripture must needs be fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost spake by the mouth of David before he was before concerning Judas, which was a guide to them that took Jesus. They knew, they, they, but they studied scripture. They knew that this was all fulfilled prophecy. For he was numbered with us. He had obtained part of this ministry. Can you imagine that? A man that went around casting out devils and, and winning people and bringing people to Jesus, not because he was, his heart was in it, but because he had to fit in as a hypocrite to, he had to play the church part. He had to play it. And a lot, a lot of that, that goes on today in, in, in the church. But Judas had played the part and obtained part of the ministry. Verse 18, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. Fallen headlong, he burst asunder in the midst of all his bowels gushed out. And it was known all through the dwellers of Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called in the proper tongue Al-Sadama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein with a bishop prick and let another take. Okay, here comes the call of Matthias. And we'll get a little bit further into Matthew's here in just a minute. But here's, here's how that happened. Whereas, wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus... See, when you look at the life of Matthias, Matthias, from the time Jesus was baptized of John the Baptist, from that time forward, Matthias was a follower with all of them. He was, he saw the miracles. He went with Jesus' life. He was all the way through, all up until the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension. So Matthew was one, Matthias was one of them, but he was not a called apostle. But because there was only 12 apostles. And now that Judas has hung himself, they were down to 11. And here's where we are. When he's talking about Matthias and, uh, Barsabas or Justice. Verse 21, wherefore these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John under the same day that, that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness of us and of his resurrection, witness with us. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. When they prayed, they said, Thou, Lord, which knowest all the hearts of men, show us which of these two men that thou hast chosen. So even though Jesus and, or God had laid on the heart and caused the lights to fall towards Matthias, he was not actually f came down and said, follow me. One of the only ones that said, uh, that was not personally called from Jesus, other than Paul, who was not, well, Paul was actually personally called, but it was not a physical on earth calling. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas fell by discretion, and then he might go to his own place. And they gave forth lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the other eleven. Now, it was critical to these Jews that they had to have twelve apostles, because they were still looking for the restoration of Israel also. They were still looking for the, for, 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 for the triumphant Messiah, Messiah. Even though Jesus had ascended, he gave them a promise. Go preach, go teach. I'm coming back. They didn't know if, just like we don't know if it's going to be tonight. They didn't know it was going to be that night. 
or the another night or another. They looked for his return any time. And so they, they, it was critical to them to, to make sure that, that that 12, to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. That, so he was not personally chosen, but, but the name Matthias means gift of Yahweh. Yahweh is God in Israel. So Matthias' name is actually a gift from God, which falls right into the lot being fallen towards him. Okay. Before he, let's see, let me, I'm going to have to, I'm losing my pages here. Oh, well. My Bible's falling apart. <laughs> my wife says, why don't you get your nose? Oh, this one talks to me. Right. So he was number two. He studied law under, under Simeon. This is Matthias now. Okay. Where am I at? He preached at Jerusalem and Judea. And from Jerusalem, he went to Syrian, Antioch, Tanium, Sinop, where he was imprisoned. Andrew helped him get out of prison. He ended up in Caspane, by the Caspane Sea in Turkey. I'm going to get a little deeper into that in a second. Matthias traveled with Andrew through Edessa, Macedonia, Ponte, Ethiopia, and he was under constant persecution the whole time he was preaching. Okay, he returned to Jerusalem where he was put on trial for, for the San, by the Sanhedrin. Andrew released, had him, helped him release there. And I'm gonna have to finish, I'm gonna have to skip a lot here. I'm, I am. Where he ended up with, after he was released from the Sanhedrin, he ended up near the Georgian and Kaposia coast in the central Turkey, actually not on the coast, in central Turkey where he preached for over 20 years and it said that he had Christianized. Let me find it. I know, I know I got it. Where am I at? Okay, he Christianized the entire city and I'm trying to find out where I got that written so I don't mess it up. There it is. From Jerusalem, he went to Syria. Let's see. Oh, I had it written down. Anyway, where he was martyred, he had Christianized the entire, here it is, the entire town of Cappadocia. C-A-P-P-O-C-I-A, which is in central Turkey. This is where he was martyred. Some say he was martyred in Jerusalem. They're, they're 100% certain on how he was martyred, but they're not, there's two different stories of, they said that he left Cappadocia and went back to Jerusalem and was martyred in Jerusalem, but they've got markers there marking where Matthias was in that central Turkey area. And it says, the, the marker is placed on the ruins of an old Roman fortress which marks the execution site. He was, uh, he was crucified and chopped up into pieces with a battle axe. They called it a helber. And so that's how he, in, so once he was crucified after he was dead and while he was still hanging on to life on the cross, they chopped him to pieces with the battle axe. 
completely executed him. And so they say that his remains were brought back to Jerusalem, but uh, that's how Matthias had actually died. So Matthias, very little in Scripture is written about him other than where he was born and uh, how he was called. But outside of Scripture, there are probably eight or nine, I know it's at least eight, I've got four of them, that books that show his journey in life, where he was, where he preached, and the ministries that he had, because he left his mark there. And uh, so anyway, that's I'm out of time. I tried to go fast. Maybe I went too fast. But that is Matthias. Every one of them all martyred except John and Judas. Anyway, I'm going to have to finish with that. They're trying to flag me in. But anyway, I know I talked fast. I hope you got something out of that. But that's the, the, main, the main story today was Judas is scared to show you his life, how evil of a man this actually was and how well he hid it because nobody really knew him. He was from Judea. All of the rest of them were a band of brothers from the, the Galilean area. Jesus called uh, Judas out of Judea. And uh, so that's how he was very, nobody knew him, nobody, nobody knew that how deceptive he actually was. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.